Safety Squad. It's your boy Mike. And your boy Alex. And welcome to another episode of Couch Talks. If this is your first time listening to us, Couch Talks is a podcast series dedicated to emotional intelligence and character development for the average millennial. Many all things business, finance, relationships, spirituality, all of the above. So, if that sounds good to you, pull up a couch seat chair, grab a beer, and uh, let's talk. So, before we get into it, we have ourselves a special guest. We do. Yes, we do. Mr. Jan Eisen. He goes back uh, quite a bit with me. Uh, I've been friends with him since like ninth grade, right, bro? It's crazy as fuck. So, like, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to us and kind of tell the, the listeners on, you know, who's on this podcast today? Good evening, Couch Talks. My name is Jan. I am a 24-year-old male from Plymouth, Michigan, originally. Uh, went to Peace Up for high school. Uh, I now live out in Manchester with my family uh, out on the farm. We have some chickens that I take care of daily that give us some eggs. And uh, Sounds like a peaceful life, dude. Fuck. <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, man. Like, we just out here chilling. Like, yeah. It's, uh, it's something else. It's definitely different from the city life because uh, yeah the noise is all gone freaking i mean to put it in perspective i mean in, in the city you're not more than five minutes from a mcdonald's and True. my nearest yeah. one is about 25 minutes so Ooh, i guess it's healthy right yeah <laughs> it, definitely dis- it discourages the <laughs> yeah. uh the want to go out and get fast food every night you right know? it's like hey you want to get mcdonald's it's like no nah, no nah, i really don't it's like okay fuck that's cool like, can yeah. you door dash it from where you're at is that even the- no door dash out there yeah, it's it's uh, not as convenient as living yeah, in the city. Not definitely, at all. for sure. No, that's dope, though. You save more money that way. I like it for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on here, bro. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure, for of course, sure. Of course, bro. Always. Yeah, freaking fourth, ninth grade. So yeah, we're like fourteen. Yeah, 14? like fourteen. So it's fifteen going on? years old. We were pretty oh, young, yeah. bro. So it's I've known him a long time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh shit. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's probably years. over 10 years because you got to oh. think four years in high school, and we've been out of high school for like seven years now, coming up this upcoming May. Oh shit, yeah. So, oh, yeah, shit. it's coming on. Our 10 year was this year, actually. Oh shit. If you really look at it in perspective. No, because we graduated. Yeah, because I graduated. 15. Yeah, in 15, but you got to think the years. years beforehand, 11. Oh, oh, so yeah, we're yeah, 11 is when I met him. Right, right. Now right, it's right. 2021. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, for sure, for sure. yeah, always cool, bro. It's, it's yeah. nice to have close friends that you can, you know, have for a lifetime. Oh, I think yeah. that's important. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Well, I won't hold you. I know what you're saying. The liquid courage uh-huh. segment, ladies and gentlemen. It's instant joy. It's so just, we yeah. have here Purple Haze. It's a raspberry lager. Um, it is brewed by Abita Brewing. Where is this company from? Um, I think it was somewhere in like, uh, let me see here on the Louisiana. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah, Abita Springs, Louisiana. It's like you said, is it like a seventies vibe? I feel like. Yeah, no, this thing? definitely like, uh, gives me a very uh, yeah. hippie vibe. And purple haze, dude, you know, makes me think of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> purple haze, Jimmy. all in my brain. Good old Jimmy. Good old I love Jimmy. Jimi Hendrix, dude. Yeah. It's definitely a good. Uh, one of the most talented guitar players I've ever seen. Imagine having the amount of money to just light your shiz on fire, whatever you want to. You're like, fuck oh, it, fuck this guitar. I mean, That's outrageous money. And I mean, <laughs> Jimmy is one of a kind, and they don't make music like that anymore. Facts, facts. Fortunately, yeah, well, I think thanks. it is about that time, oh, yeah. boys. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. 
That's interesting. So it's more of like a bland taste. Yeah. You know, like it's a bland raspberry. It finishes bland, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really not bad because it's not sugary. That is actually something I do yeah. like about it. Yeah, I will say sugar. the can was very appealing to me. Right. Uh, so that is why I bought it. I believe so. It was like twelve twenty-five here in Michigan with tax. For how many? So for six cans. Okay. So not too bad, but um, uh, I mean, I'd probably try it again. Yeah, you know, a couple not times. It's not, not you know, I wouldn't be something I drink every day. No, but no, you know, no. I definitely. What you think? Honestly, it's a little bit like you said. It's bland. It's uh, not. Yeah particularly a blast of flavor like i was expecting that's from what i thought too yeah the, the, the can is a little misleading in that fact <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like it's gonna send you back to the 70s right like give some retro feel to my drink is the only thing retroness i feel is bland blandness it's not it's not horrible it's just like a beer that's like what's a it's like a bland beer with a twist basically bland with a twist yeah that's bland with a twist that's dope it is that's not true. so yeah mr wallace Yes, serious. What sir. do you have for us today for a topic? So, uh, I felt like this week would be a good topic on grief. It's called, it's called uh, getting through grief, and I just figured, uh, well, what's other than our own personal experiences, just with everything else going on too, it's just I feel like it's something that we're all kind of, especially if you're anywhere near the whole Oxford area, that you know, definitely you like so, rest in peace yeah. to all those students. I did hear actually uh, that kid uh, was actually very heroic. That football player who was there, he actually like went and ran after him and like risked his own life for all his former classmates. Oh shit! For, wow. So yeah, and he did. He lost it. Like he re- he took the risk, lost his life, and oh, damn. probably saved you know hundreds, if not you know like a thousand people uh. from getting shot. Unfortunately, there was, I think, what was it, like four people who yeah, got killed? I think so. And, like, there was eight injured. One in, being included injured was, like, a teacher or something like that. Oh, wow. So sad, man. It's, it's just super mess, tragic. Dude. I feel like, yeah. you know, it's, like, becoming more of, like, a trend nowadays. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, you yeah. just have these every couple months. And granted, the shit we've already been dealing with, it, it, it's just super sad. It's yeah. really sad. I think what's weird, too, is like the whole time period we're living in, based on our age. I remember from my elementary school, it used to be kind of like a, a come-and-go thing. You can kind of walk in there, visit teachers. You know, Obviously, while I was still in elementary school, but when I got you know right into high school, there were some old elementary school teachers that I just wanted to say hi to since um, they weren't too far from where I lived at, at the time. And uh, everything changed, the whole intercom thing on the door the thing that's like three or four locks on it you gotta state your presence on why you're there like before you can even get through the door and it's just like so much change so fast that like this whole time period now is like you don't know what someone's real motive is for coming back to visit for something so schools gotta take precautionary type things but back in the day it's like oh i just want to say hi to my old gym teacher mr lawn and tell him like yo i made the track right, team you can't even do that anymore because all so this shit like, going on yeah, it's like it's damn near it's like almost like walking into a prison yeah, yeah like that yeah. that's almost what it feels like yeah. and it, it school shouldn't really be like that right i mean it's supposed to be a safe and fun environment for kids to learn but unfortunately now you have it to where like kids are fearful of going to school that's it's such a such a, a terrible in uh, you know scenario to happen, and uh, I really do you know my prayers definitely and thoughts go out to those families that did uh, lose their children 
during yeah. this unfortunate circumstance. Yeah, it's definitely rough. I heard some uh, some of my coworkers too. They're the nearby. Uh, I think schools within the county. Yeah, oh, like all the schools, all, damn near yeah, all the schools, all, like yeah. high schools, all that. Like oh, really? all of them. All of them, in like every basically, like Holy yeah, shit. most wow. of them like closed up wow. because wow. you know okay. they didn't know what was gonna happen if yeah. like you know maybe a kid got an idea from that other kid and domino it just effect. becomes a domino yeah. effect kind of yeah, deal. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I I definitely have to say you know all of us go through the uh the grief of losing people in our lives uh i mean there's plenty of different topics that you can talk about that you can grief about but i feel like losing loved ones is definitely a big one uh one that was really hard for me was actually my bubcha uh, which is grandma in polish uh my grandma like basically half raised me so uh she was the greatest woman on earth i, I really do wish both of you guys could meet her uh, she ended up passing away. Uh, it was seven years ago, actually, this past uh, November 24th. It was my grandma's seventh year anniversary in heaven. And it, it, that was a very hard loss for me. Uh, it ended up coming. I, I just couldn't believe it. There ended up, you know, when my dad and my aunt were at home, I remember this time, you know, my aunt was crying and whatnot. And my dad's just sitting there like kind of confused. And my dad had told me my grandma passed away. I didn't believe my dad. So what I did was I rushed over to my grandma's house. And I went there and I just, I called my grandma's name out and my grandma wasn't there. I dropped to my knees. I just couldn't believe what was going on. I sat there and cried for probably about 30 to 45 minutes. Just by myself in the middle of my grandma's family room. Which, it sucked for me because like, that's the only grandma I've ever had, and she was very good to us. That was my dad's mother, and uh, it's still to this day, I do miss her. If I could, you know, have five minutes on a bench with her, even just, even if I could have a minute to talk to her, like, I wish I could get that. I really do. So all you people out there who do have grandparents, you know, grandmas, grandpas, Please cherish them because I do not get to cherish mine anymore. Mine didn't even get to watch me graduate high school. Yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think either. Either one of my, I the only one. I do have my grandmother that's left, and she's the only one that's made it through me in high school. The rest, they wind up, yeah, dipping out before uh, high school for me. Yeah. What about you, Young? Who's um? Oh, you I, anything? I think the biggest loss I've been through would have to be my grandpa. Okay. Uh, I lost him when I was about thirteen. Um. 2009 i believe well actually about 12 years old and uh as a as a growing and maturing male uh he was a very strong male influence in my life and he died very suddenly from a massive heart attack his heart actually grew three times the size it was supposed to be and uh he ended up having a heart attack in the bathroom of their home that they lived in for 50 something years now and, you know, going going back to what Alex had to say, you know, not believing it. I, I remember when my parents told me about the death, um, I, I came into the living room and it was a Saturday morning. I was excited because I didn't have school, of course, you know, being yeah, late middle school, early high school age. Oh, I still feel that way now in college. Fact that no school, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, um, but yeah. So I, so I came out in the living room, and there's just this somber attitude that was going on in the room. And uh, 
I, I tend to get through grief through with, with humor, with uh, making a joke of things, and sometimes my humor tends to bite me in the ass. And this is one of those times where uh, I, I actually looked at my parents and said, what, what happened? Grandpa die or something? Oh, yeah. And uh, I knew from their non-response that you know that was the case. Yeah. Um, and that that hit me hard, man. That was. I was like a rock because he he was my rock, you know. He was the the glue to my family, the the stability that everyone in my extended family on my mom's side knew. Right. And for him to be gone so suddenly with no goodbyes, no explanation, you know, it's hard to get through. It's hard. It is, and I totally agree with you on that. And that same instance actually happened to me as well with my grandma. Very sudden, just super random. Well, my grandma actually passed away. Crazy part is, is so me and my brother were the last two people to visit my grandma before she passed away. We were hanging out with her that night, and I just remember she was like, you know, because my grandma started walking with a cane like the last few years of like her basically getting to her death. And what was crazy was, you know, my grandma was the glue of my family as well, too, because, like, my family now is just, like, everybody's so split up doing their own thing and stuff. Like, we don't really have those family-like traditions anymore, and my grandma kept that going. She was the one who always, oh, let's do Thanksgiving, let's do Christmas together, like, go on family dinners, just, like, random family dinners and just, like, catch up with one another because, like, my grandma always thought, when you have a family dinner, that's like the most time you should cherish. Uh, you know, we, whenever we pull our phones out, my grandma would try and take it from us, stuff like that. It, it, it truly is uh, sad because I, I don't get to talk to her anymore. I don't get to ask her questions anymore like I used to because I grew up like right down the road from my grandma. My grandma lived literally like a quarter mile from me. So I just got to go and visit her whenever I wanted to. And I remember, so the day of her funeral, actually, or her viewing, actually, I remember we went to this restaurant. It's called, like, Red Olive. It's kind of like a little higher-end Coney Island, I guess you could put it. Um, And it was terrible because, like, in the middle of the restaurant, I just dropped to my knees before I went and even left the door before we were going to go visit my grandma. And it was terrible, dude. Like, I'm sitting there crying in public, in front of everybody, just couldn't help myself because in my grandma, I truly cherish that lady. That lady was literally like a mother to me, literally. And I just, I still can't believe she's gone. I still can't believe it. To this day, I miss her every day. I wake up and think, shit, my fucking grandma's not here. What the fuck? I think it's like, just the impact. I think both for both of you guys, just the impact on the loved one that passed, well, both being both of your guys' grandparents, uh, that they had on you, especially during your form, both of your guys' forming years. Uh, uh, that yeah, that loss when that's not there anymore, like that that missing, you're you're losing a piece of your environment that you're used to, and to lose that so early, that definitely creates like a heavy effect for sure. It is, just and like, like you see, it's gone. So, oh, hundred yeah. percent, and you see. I see some people who don't like really like essentially uh, spend time with their grandparents, and that just like is mind-boggling to me. 
well, it's because it's based on you. For you, your grandparents have done, or your grandmother has done like a lot for you. She's been there. You have said the connection. But for a lot of people, that connection might not be there. Or that grandparent could have been very the exact opposite of what your grandmother true. was. Yeah, that's so true. So they're just like, well, shit, like, what am I going there for? You know? So at least, like, even for, like, for me, my family wasn't, I came when, I guess I was so young coming into my family, my family being so old, too, that uh, I already came into the brokenness. So there wasn't any real closeness there. I had my family members that my immediate family was very close to, but other than that, it was kind of just loose, like, throughout my uh, household. Huh? Well, that kind of begs the question, is it better to have loved and lost, or is it better to have never loved at all, you know? Um, yeah, true. Sometimes it's it's almost easier to not have gone through that trauma of knowing what a together family feels like and having that ripped away from you. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a problem that it isn't taken to too right. literally in our yeah. society, but yeah, that's something that it, it, it's a problem, right? And uh, it, it's just getting over it, getting over that feeling is right. the big part of it. Yeah, I can imagine, because, I mean, for me, it was, because I always saw things from a distance, almost like an outside perspective, so obviously, for when my grandma, when she had passed, I mean, in terms of family, or I don't want to count that as extended, because, you I mean, it's a grandmother, but I was I was around them enough in terms of just being babysat a lot when I was younger, but outside of that, not too much, I would just visit here and there, but when she did pass, realizing how many people actually showed up the passing and then the funeral and stuff like that who i haven't seen since they had seen my mother and now it's before i was born because my parents divorced early so it's just the fact that she was able to bring everyone together even after death it just showed a lot i mean we have family coming from alabama and georgia which i haven't i have never seen <laughs> like only yeah so it's just like the fact that she was able to make uh so much like happen uh you know, within her passing, to show like the drastic effect that she had, and after the, she did, the general impact, yeah, the, on, exactly on, her, on the people around her. Yeah, right. my, my grandpa was the same way. You know, uh, he used to tell my mom that, and uh, my mom would tell me this that he uh, he suffered from depression. So he, you know, he he would worry that nobody would come to his funeral. Uh, and, and that was a really r- real fear for him that he was going to be the the lone man in the casket, you know. And of course, that kind of changed as he got older. This was maybe when he was younger. But let me tell you, that chapel was full when he passed away of people that he had touched in his lifetime. the The amount of people that came out to see him was astounding, and I think you'll find that with. Almost any death, you know, people come out of the woodworks to go to a funeral because that's the final t- chance you get to pay to your respects. That's true. It's definitely true. And, and I can definitely agree with Jan on that one because when my grandma's viewing and funeral head came, dude, there was hundreds of Polacks that showed up. If you guys don't know what Polacks are, Polacks is a term for Polish people. Uh, but... Yeah, there were so many fucking people there, dude. It was ridiculous. People I didn't even know. That's how much people my grandma touched. Because, see, my grandma was more of like a very loving, loving, nurturing individual, right? She was the type of lady that, for say, like, if one of my dad's buddies or, like, there was a kid who was on the street who did not have a home to go to to eat, my grandma would always send an extra plate out for somebody to eat. She always believed that kids needed to eat, 
right? Because, you know, kids are very dependent. They need food, right? And my grandma was always that nice lady who would provide that to an extra person, whether it had been one of my dad's friends, my aunt's friends, whoever it was. And that, I feel like, really makes a big impact on a lot of people when they see that type of person. And they're like, you know what? Wow, I really fuck with this person. This person is a genuine person. They care about my well-being. And the worst part is, is like, when you look at society nowadays, it doesn't seem like that as much anymore, right? Because, like, everybody's kind of, like, super self-absorbed and all that type of stuff, which is sad because... You know, we are supposed to share this earth together as one and enjoy it. But with the older generation, I feel like, you know, because my grandma, she's a baby boomer. So, like, baby boomers were obviously taught, you know. Uh, you had a young grandma. She's a boomer? Yeah, she's a boomer, dude. Wow. Yeah, you she's had a, a baby grandma. boomer. Yeah. She, yeah. She passed away at 68 years old. Wow. 68, dude. See, yeah. my, yeah, because my parents are boomers. So, yeah. Fuck. My grandma was a yeah. boomer, bro. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, my parents were in there. She was uh, born in, uh, if she passed away at 68, um, I want to say she had. So when was she born? Her birthday was in, because my dad's a 68. She's like, I think she was 1945 or something like that. That's not, is that still? Cause I'm pretty parents, sure that's boomer. Okay. That's 100% boomer. Because oh, my yeah, parents yeah. were like. Early, yeah, because my parents were, yeah, they were 58, so Yeah, so my grandma, yeah, yeah. she's, uh, yeah, she was born in, like, the 40s. Oh, shit, Same with my oh, grandma, yeah. or my grandpa. My grandpa, I believe, was born in 1943. Damn, see, my grandmother was, I think it was the, it's the late 20s or early 30s. Wow. Yeah, my, my family's old. World War II, dude. Yeah, I'm Holy like, I'm, I'm really one of the youngest, like, in my, I came so late. When I came, they're like, yo, how are you? You like Mike and Diane still? They're having kids. Like what? Like how old are they? It's like oh shit. Well, how old is everyone else? So like even cousins wise, when they were around, they're like oh yo Mike is. I was always little Mike. I mean, granted the height it really hasn't much changed since then. But like uh, just in terms of just age too, they're just like oh shit. He's just forever little Mike because of just age wise. But uh, yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah, you're you had to like. Here's a question for you that I have. So. I remember you telling me that your uncle had, like, passed away. Yeah, recently, I was going right? to get to that, yeah. And yeah, I sure. honestly wanted to kind of hear your intake on that. I remember you telling me about it and whatnot and all, like, the chaos that was created behind that. Yeah, yeah. You know, why don't you share that with, like, some yeah. of our listeners? For sure, yeah. So, um, my uncle was also my godfather, too. Uh, he was kind of in and out uh, a lot of times when I was younger, but he mainly showed up a lot more. Uh, probably like around high school age and then from carrying on from there and uh yeah his passing was just really unexpected he had a, a quite a bit of health issues that he kind of he kind of put off a lot because he's kind of a he's a partier i feel like <laughs> i got I me mean, if you in terms of genetics wise if it's possible i definitely got a lot of the partying stuff from him or at least his sister picked it up from him and my mother so um it's just uh it was it was interesting because he put a lot off because of that. So things compounded over time, and by the time he was, uh, geez, at that point I think he was just turned sixty. Yeah, he um he had to go into the hospital for just uh spinal surgery for something, um, and he was terrified. I was the only time I've ever seen him scared for something because he didn't. I think he subconsciously knew that like 
with everything that he's been putting out for so long that it is not going to go as smoothly as people think they are. And that is, it was one of those surgeries that he needed to have because his back was getting so bad. Like it was legit, like contorting his body. He didn't even look like the same uncle that I used to know. So, um, yeah, I just remember, I mean, he like almost cried at one point. He's like, dude, I just really don't want to do this. And I'm like, I just, it just completely took me back. I'm just used to this. You got that image on your head of like that, that figure like when you're younger, the right? Superhero, yeah, you exactly. Know? You can't imagine him like any harm, hurt, or anything. I mean, he's dealt with narcolepsy and everything else. This dude freaking fell asleep while driving me home one day from the movies. I'm like, yo, the light screen, yo, yo. He's like, oh shit, okay. And he be just fine. Get in the accident on the way back after dropping me off. Oh no, I'm fine. I can just get another car. I'm like, so I'm just used to him always just doing random shiz and just being fine. So he just never, nothing never bothered him, even when he had money issues, whatever else, he was always fine, figured it out. So to see him in such a vulnerable state really effed me up. And then the fact when the surgery didn't go well and things really did compound, I it took me back because I remember having that conversation with him and like thinking like, yo, you're just, you're being mad extra right now. Like you're going to be fine. Like you're always fine. So I don't know why you're, you're worried. And then it's like, I never got to tell him like, shit, like I'm sorry for that. Cause it was just a coma after that and then it's just not waking up at all and then it's just he's just in the hospital for weeks at a time and during this time his health is just this it's just downward spiraling so everyone else in the family is freaking out because it happened it happened so fast that no one i don't think any most of the family even believed it when it happened because like we would call and let people know and they're like oh you mean ambrose like freaking no he'll be fine he'll be out in that you know a couple days we're like no no he's like like he's like, like like legit this time like it's not good so um uh, still, when the day came where we had to take him off the plug for everything, um, it was probably just only a handful of us in the room. I really don't think people like legit believed that he was he was going through this. It was um, a lot of the close family and his one of his sons that were there, and it was one of his son's birthdays too, which wasn't you know great. But um, yeah, I remember uh, awkwardly enough, right before he had passed, he woken up, and it was in. And this is after like the the plug had already been pulled, so it was it was this really weird stage where he was at a point now for a, a couple hours he just was going on his own and we were highly confused on like what the hell to do and what is happening and eventually you know not too long after that he did pass but even then like he was crying it was like a it was definitely an experience my mom was having a whole fit my uh, um. His son was having a whole fit. My grandmother, um, her, my mother's mother, uh, was still there at the time. And, uh, yeah, she was trying to hold everyone together. And it was just this crazy experience that, um, yeah, even when I remember leaving. And I didn't, it was like a delayed hit because I didn't feel, I didn't feel anything. And I almost felt guilty for not feeling anything. Like, I don't know why I'm not feeling more. And obviously it hit days later, but I just can't understand why, like, the whole like I felt, I saw everyone else going through some sort of grief during that time. Like, why am I, like, am I that numb from the fact that I'm not close to a lot of family? Like, I was pretty close to him, or at least I thought I was. Like, should not be feeling more. And I, I, granted, you know, grief affects people differently. But it's like at that point, I was just confused. That like maybe I'm, I don't feel enough. I don't know what. I was a whole internal conflict that I was going through. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely, I completely understand that. And grief is not. Uh, linear you know <clears throat> no we don't all experience grief in the same way uh and, and even in our lives uh two different experiences can be completely different with 
grieving. Uh, for example, with my grandpa, that was, uh, you know, a delayed hit as well. Like, can he really be gone? Is he really gone? Is he, is he really never coming back? Is this the last time I'm ever going to see him, you know? Um, but with my grandma, uh, it was a completely different scenario. Her, uh, her death ended up being a, a kind of long and drawn out process. Um, uh, she had Alzheimer's and so it was, uh, it was a long decline. Right. Alzheimer's usually takes usually. about a, 10 years, yeah. uh, from initial diagnosis to your deathbed. Jeez. Um, that, that there's. I, I can't remember how many stages, I believe three or six. I don't want to misquote that, but you can f- physically see someone, uh, the, the detrimental effects of that disease on someone. So going through that death with her, um, I, I almost grieved beforehand. Oh, because you could see it. Because right. I could see it coming. coming yeah. Um, yeah. She, uh, she was with us. And she ended up going to the hospital and something inside of me said, she's not coming back home. Uh, she, she'd been living with us for three years at our house in Manchester. And, uh, my mom had been her, uh, not sole caregiver, but, uh, primary caregiver. And, um, but before she even passed, I, I just knew. And as messed up as it may sound, you know that that kind of helped me through it, in, in a way. You process early, or you yeah you right. I knew she was going to die before she passed. Right. So, yeah. I started the grieving process from the day that I knew she wasn't coming home. Oh, so you rather had time. than the day that she had passed. Right. Right. So when she eventually did, uh, you know, finally go on to uh, whatever lies beyond uh, beyond us in death, uh, I, I was ready for it. Uh, I got to say goodbye this time. I got to see her in her bed at the hospice center. I got to spend time with her. You know, like my grandpa was so shocked and so sudden. And also with uh, a good friend of mine who committed suicide when I was 17. That that shock and that sudden here today, gone tomorrow is, is just something else. And so... You know, getting through that loss was a lot easier for me, knowing it was coming. Right. But um, it, it doesn't make it any different in in the long run because you still lost somebody you love. But that going through the grieving process is different for everybody. Yeah, it definitely is. And like going back uh, to like you, Mike, when you had lost your uncle, I actually lost my uncle. What was it? Earlier this year, actually, around Easter. Oh, yeah, I remember you telling me that. So my Uncle Tim, uh, crazy story about that. I had actually talked to him a couple hours before his death. And he ended up getting diagnosed with COVID and pneumonia, right, at the same time. So, like, it's a double fucking you, like, big time, like... And I just remember talking to him on the phone, and he just, like, you could barely understand him. Like, his voice was super raspy, barely talk. And granted, he he was a very close family friend of my dad's. You know, my dad was, like, in the Army with him. He worked with him at, like, U.S. Customs and all that type of stuff. So we were pretty close to him. And I just remember my dad telling me, 
he calls me and he goes, your uncle Tim died, buddy. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just talked to him like literally like at 11 o'clock this morning. He goes, no, he's gone, dude. And it's kind of fucked up how he died. So my aunt Cheryl ended up going to the grocery store uh, to pick up some things. And my uncle ended up, for whatever reason, needed to take a bath. And he ends up taking a bath. And my aunt being gone for, obviously, she was gone only for like 30 minutes. But my uncle could not actually have enough energy to pull himself out of the bathtub. So he actually ended up drowning to death. Holy hell. He drowned in his own bathtub, which I was really sad about. I cried because, like, my uncle, he's been, you know, he, he's always had, like, fun uncle. You know how you I always noticed. have, like, the I one remember. fun yeah, uncle, like, kind of a bad influence, you know, like, getting us, allowing us to drink, have cigars at, like, an early age, 12, 13 years old. That's uncles for you. You know, and letting us drink eight, nine, you know, like, Gosh, just damn. having fun, okay. right? We, <laughs> yeah. we didn't really, like... There was really no care because, like, we were up at his cabin all the time. It was always all the boys. So, like, you know, obviously there's no woman around. So, like, who gives a fuck, right? Just enjoy life and kind of just relax up there and spend quality time with family and friends. And, yeah, that that was really hard. That was especially hard on, like, my dad as well, too, because that was a close friend of his, you know, because he's got his, like, little close friend group, his boys and stuff that all, you know, spend time together and my uncle was only 59 years old, so he was very young. He he had, he didn't even hit 60 yet, dude. Like, literally just had retired, like, maybe two years ago. It, it, it honestly, it, 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 it's crazy. I mean, I know eventually we're all going to get to that point in our life, right? It's part of the cycle. But with some things being so, like, sudden... It's just super, like, unbelievable almost. Like, it's like, what the fuck? How can I actually, how can I actually be able to grieve this and be able to cope with this? Because I know there's a lot of people out there who actually have a very hard time with that. I mean, I'm still having a hard time with my grandma, dude. I'm still having a hard time with my grandma. It just, it, I, I can't believe it. And my grandpa as well, too. So I, I lost my grandparents about a year apart from each other. So my grandpa, he died at 69. And he ended up, so how the process kind of started, so like how Jan was kind of talking about with like Alzheimer's and stuff like that. Now, my grandpa, so how it all started was he like fell down the stairs and he got like this very large hematoma uh on his ass and that like just escalated a whole bunch of things like he was having a hard time speaking even more like granted he had strokes so it was kind of hard for people to understand him we could obviously because we're around him all the time but uh, i just remember so we put him in a like a rehabilitation slash like nursing home i guess you could say um and with that that was kind of hard to watch because what ended up happening was it was a long process, obviously. You know, it was like over a span of like a year and a half and going to visit him. I remember the one day that he actually did pass away. And it was me, my grandma, my Aunt Grace, my dad, and a couple other people in the room. And it, you know what's kind of crazy is it comes to the fact where, I don't know if you knew this, but like people who like before they die... They have like certain people they want 
to witness them die. Yeah. It's like really different, right? I, I never knew that. Well, I remember missing a day at school. I was 16 years old at the time. Because I, I was sick. I had a cold. So I didn't go to school. So I went with my dad to go visit my grandpa. Make sure he was doing okay. Well, we were all sitting there and whatnot. And I just remember the machine just going flatline. And like I was like, oh my God. You know, as a 16-year-old boy, that's a pretty young age to witness. You know, one of your grandparents dying, obviously. You know, I haven't even finished high school yet. I just was able to start driving. And that was really hard on my grandmother, obviously, because they were married for so long. And I feel like part of that grief also was part of her passing as well, too. Because when she had passed away, it was more so, and she passed away very peacefully. You know, she went, took a bath, and just fell asleep in the bath, never woke up. And her maid that actually comes to clean her house is the person who found her. Uh And I feel like that death with my grandfather was obviously like very, very stressful on her. Granted, they all had heart problems and it's it's still crazy to think that like, you know, I can't talk to them anymore. You know, hopefully I get to meet them one day, you know, years down the road when I finally do pass. Uh, But. I feel like, you know, with everything, you're you're always going to have to deal with grief. You're just always going to have to deal with it because not everybody's here forever. Even like my dad, like, I'll be quite honest, like, my dad's not the healthiest. Like, I know my dad's candles are starting to come to an end with burning. And I want to cherish and enjoy as much time as I can with my father. Because my dad's only 53. He's had five fucking heart attacks, dude. Like, how in the fuck? My dad's a tank, dude. This motherfucker, I remember... So the last time he had surgery and shit, um, I remember there was one time where, like, they gave him anesthesia, and he really didn't go to sleep for, like, a minute. And, like, the doctor was, like, freaked the fuck out. Like, what the fuck? How are you still awake? Like, he's, like, just looking there, like, laughing and joking. So that's how my dad is. He always likes to be a clown. And... It, it, it comes to a point where there's only so much you can have. You know, my dad's always like, oh, I'm a cat. I have nine lives. Well, maybe the next time you might not be so lucky, buddy. That's what I told him. That's why he's got to enjoy and be able to take care of himself. But there's only so much you can do with that, right? You can't control everybody else's environment. You can only control yours. And I know that day is going to be pretty hard for me. Granted, I mean, I still have my mother around. My mother, she's fairly healthy. I mean, I can see her start to decline. You know, her knee is starting to go out. But, like, you know, it's, like, health-wise, like, heart and stuff like that uh she's not really too bad uh so i I am fortunate and thankful for that uh so i i I do always tell people if you are closer to your grandparents your family members whatever it may be just try and spend that extra little bit of time with them because you never know when that day is going to come and that day is going to fucking suck it's just going to hit you like a rock i fix i feel like uh what I always found interesting was me is that uh, I always had like distant family that wound up, uh, you know, that, that that dying and stuff. And given other than the fact of my age and how old they were, too. But just the fact that uh, not being used to the fact that when they did die, that they're your family. Right. So you should you should feel a deeper something. But like for me, I mean, I felt obviously saddened by the fact, but it wasn't like something that was detrimental to me. But like always when like it was a, 
for example, a, a co-worker who, you know, I worked with for a couple years who, you know, was basically like a work mom and like, you know, tries her best to freaking, you know, make sure you're good throughout the day, especially when you're like one of the younger ones in the company or whatever. And um, they like, you know, you wind up going on to other, you know, workplaces and they wind up passing. Like, why is that more detrimental for me, even though I've only known them for like a couple years than a family member who, you know, dies. So it's like a lot of like internal like questions. I didn't know how to ask because a lot of my immediate family, they didn't, they couldn't give me that answer because they don't have, they're not in that situation. They were, they had that, they were alive for the closeness. So they saw it and then witnessed it being gone and missed that and mourned that feeling as well as that person. But like, I never experienced that. So I didn't know how to communicate those feelings too. I'm like, how do I, you guys can't understand what I'm going through. So it's just, uh, it was weird. I think a part of that also is uh, when it comes to personal, you know, family, as opposed to friends, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I felt I always had to be the strong one. Um, I, I, I felt that I was in, you know, my, both of my parents are the, the eldest in, uh, of their siblings. And I'm actually an only child, and I, I, so I'm born of the the firstborn of the firstborn, you know. Oh wow! And movie stuff, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, sure. I I basically took it upon myself to take care of the rest of the family during that time, and it was very hard, especially for my grandpa's death. It was very hard for me to show emotion. Uh, it was very hard for me to to feel anything because I was so busy putting on the feelings of everybody around me. That I, uh, you know, I, I I took that on. And I, I I put myself to the to the background. You know, uh, I put their problems to the foreground, and you know that's detrimental to to do to your mind. Right. No, it makes a lot of sense because I know when my uh, when my grandfather passed, um, my aunt had moved in, and at that point it was like my aunt, my mother, and my grandmother like in the house. Obviously, this is my my mother's parents, but um. Yeah, it's just at that point, based on the area we lived in, too, I knew that, like, for one, I'm the only man in the house now, even though I'm mad young. I'm the only male figure. But two, we don't live somewhere that's safe. So someone has to be strong. Yeah, exactly. Very tired. So, like, when those situations did happen and my mom had her moment, my aunt had her moment, my grandma had her moment, I, I, I think subconsciously, I think that, yeah, that same feeling was still there of, like, all right, I got to be that strong you gotta figure. be that rock. Yeah, the yeah. Rock for in them. your family just moved on. Right, right, right. You know who's yeah. gonna assume that responsibility? But you, right? When, you know, and it's it's really not your personal duty when you think right. about it's it. Not. Because it's not. It, yeah. everyone is sharing the grief. Yeah, especially being so young too. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't. There was, I didn't even know what the term "man" went. I mean, my grandfather when he passed, I wasn't even in high school yet, so I was probably like twelve, thirteen. So I don't know what it was to be. A man at that age, but I knew I had to be something. And, and it, it you know. forces you to be a man. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it really, uh, through trial, we find out who we really are. Right. You know, and right. through, through death, is it's nothing more than a trial right. that the living go through, you know, because we don't know. It, it, death could be awesome. It could be, yeah. We don't it know. It could be splendid. Yeah. We don't know. The, right. They could be enjoying so much more than we could ever have on this earth right now. And until we're there, we don't know. And so, so taking that into account, um, being being the strong one, uh, you know, it, it's it's 
almost it's not pointless but it, it it's pointless in the grand scheme of things but it's it's just the call to action the call to duty the call to to being to to grabbing your cojones in your hand and saying i'm a man and i'm going to take care of like for example, with my grandma, when my grandpa passed, but you know, uh, speaking of my grandma and grandpa, they're both on my mom's side. So, my grandpa chose my grandma. He chose to marry her. He chose to put a ring on her finger. He chose to have children with her. He chose that woman for his life. And when he passed, I, I felt the overwhelming responsibility that I had to take care of my grandma. Um. Yeah, same I, for me. I, same for me. Same thing. I, I felt that I, I really needed to take care of her because uh, not only because of who she was as a person, because I absolutely loved her as a person, but also because my grandpa chose her. My grandpa was her protector. He he was her person, you know? And so it was more than just being strong for myself, more than being strong for my family, but it was you know, almost filling the shoes of my grandpa because I didn't know who else was going to be there to take over and take care of my grandma. And it was really shortly after his passing that her Alzheimer's became evident. So uh, I believe it was just in the period of a couple of years. And um, yeah, it was just really, uh, it was difficult, but it's something you got to get through. It's a part of life. I find it interesting because it's like, like you said about how this was your grandfather at choosing, like she, she was his, that was his person. That was her person. Right. And I think, I'm not sure if Alex, you can relate to this, but when coming from a divorced household that my, since my father was, my parents divorced when they were like really young, my mother, that since that rock wasn't there, right. Cause that was granted she had to lean on my grandfather the whole time when you know my dad's not there's the only other male figure other than me and so when he's gone i think yeah subconsciously too the fact that like i knew that my mom isn't talking to anyone else she's not dating anyone else there is no other man in her life neither so i'm like i have to be strong in terms of freaking protecting her i know your mother like wound up you know moving on to someone else like now too so maybe it's a little different but before still the thing like, is though with my mom though right she still has a very deep love for my dad so obviously yeah. they both had kids together well yeah i mean so yeah. my mom still when you know my dad's going through a bunch of things and whatnot with his uh, health gotcha. my mom and i have very deep conversations about that she's like buddy like I don't know how much longer your dad's going to have. And to have that conversation with my mom is pretty heart-wrenching, honestly, because even though my mom is married to somebody new, my dad is married to somebody new, they still communicate with each other and are still cordial with each other because they still care enough about each other to be able to continue with, you know, moving on with life. Interesting, because yeah, well, for me it was they were my parents were only cordial for me to raise me, so they had to be cordial in terms of exchanging me and everything else. But once I grew up and reached a certain age, they're like, "Well, it's not like we don't have to be cordial anymore, but it's more or less of we don't have to talk anymore." So it's like at that point, I definitely knew like, "Yo, my mom isn't like my aunt's doing her own thing, my grandmother's doing her own thing, they're still there, but like it's just my mom. Like no one has my mom's like back or anything." So I'm like instantly as i got continued getting older and realizing that i'm like well shit i definitely have to be twice as stronger now because no matter how much 
you know, dad had once cared for mom or whatever else that like that you can only do that so much from where he's at right now. And like they're not close enough in the aspect of like, oh, I'm going to run over there right now and help you out type deal. So if he's not doing it, I'm not doing it. The ones that she's living with right now, they're not going to do it. They're, I mean, they, they might do this all turn of obligation of, oh, that's my sister or that's my daughter. But like other than that, it's just. I don't know. It's always something I have to deal with. But yeah, in terms of uh, the grief aspect, yeah, I feel like um, I mean, that's probably what messed up my whole this morning thing was just being that whole rock figure. And I think it was my uncle passing too, that uh, that was her, her distant male rock figure after my um, grandfather had passed. She, he was still, because she's the, my, so in total, they have uh, three boys and two girls for like the, her siblings wise. It's her, her sister, and then three other uh, male siblings. Uh, sorry, wow, four. So three of them uh, were autistic. One had died earlier on. So there's two of them left. And then there was my uncle who was normal, right? So like, uh, was me being young as I was after everything happened, her actual connect was my uncle. So I think realizing that once he's now finally gone, is realizing the fact, oh yeah, my mom really doesn't have anyone. It's just, it's just me now. So it's just... Uh, I think that's what caused the whole delay in a lot of things. But, uh, yeah, no. No, it really does. And, honestly, that's why you do have to be there, you know, for your parents at times. Uh, I know my mom eventually, granted, she didn't have the greatest relationship with her mother for the longest time. They were, my mom was a product of an abusive relationship. So, uh, my grandfather was a drunk and all that, you know, always hit on my grandma and whatnot. And my mom, uh, for a time period, obviously didn't talk to her mom because they were being a little petty with things that had happened in the past. And granted, my mom has became close and reconnected with her mother, you know, her half sister and her brother more so because they know there's only so much time that is going to be had, you know, because my grandma now, she's like fucking 79 or something like that, right? She's she's still kicking it, but like, granted, who knows how much time she's going to have. Like, she can't hear, you know, she's having a hard time walking. Uh, pretty soon here, they're going to have to take her license because she's not driving. Like, the fact she, she still be. has it. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it is, but in the grand scheme of things, I feel like my mom now is spending more time with her because she's understanding that there's only so much time to cherish. Right. And right, for right. that, I know I'm going to have to be there for my mom, obviously, yeah. because yeah. that's going to be a hard loss for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with my mom you know she's a very very emotional person right like right. we just lost uh oh, here's something here's yeah. a grief like yeah. shit we just unfortunately had lost my puppy sophia uh she was gonna be 17 uh this december actually what is it it's the third she would have been 17 years old tomorrow uh she passed away she was the first dog we ever got as a family Best dog ever. And usually people are very like, they get that really bad perception and impression of chihuahuas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because chihuahuas can be pretty mean dogs. Most of them are usually pretty secluded to the family that they obviously live with. But 
our dogs, when they were puppies, we got them very, very, uh, you know, exposed to everybody. So everybody was holding them, everybody was patting them and whatnot. So they were used to that environment, right? So they, our dogs would actually walk up to people for yeah. how small they are. I remember when I came over for the would, first time, they were, yeah, they were mad chill. I'm like, yo, these are mad chill chihuahuas. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They are chill. They, they were. And like, honestly, that, that was really hard for my mom. I've had to be here for her. Actually, she just actually came to visit me this past Thursday, which was nice because I know she's going through a hard time right now because my dog passed away the day after Thanksgiving. So uh, granted, you know, because I was trying to tell my mom, you know, with the whole grand scheme of things, when I held my dog, the last time I held her, which was like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, you know, she just felt lifeless. There was like really no life there. Like she could barely pick up her head super lightweight no teeth nothing just like the dog is basically telling you that like it's done her time yeah. is coming to an end right. and granted i was telling my mom this actually the last time i was like mom like i don't think she's doing well i think she's telling you that like granted if a dog's not eating you know they're shitting and pissing in the bed and vomiting everywhere that's not healthy they're suffering why are you gonna allow them to go through that pain and suffering they're like a family member. My mom was like, oh, I don't want to take a life, this and that, granted. And I know, you know, that was a very cherished animal in my family, right? That's the first dog we've ever gotten. So that was my mom's fur baby, as you could call it. And she was a great dog. It's awesome. Very good to us. Very good to family and friends. You know, anybody who had came over, they would more so bark at you because they wanted to be pet. They were like a little attention horse. You know, they just always wanted to have everybody patting them or, you know, just giving them the attention that they need. And that was hard. You know, I, I did cry a little bit about that because I had that dog since I was like nine fucking yeah, years old. 17 so years, like, bro. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a long a time. Dog, and granted, it's a good yeah. life for a dog. I mean, Very not good, a lot of yeah. people really get that much out of a dog that's like so, cat lives at that point it that's is like, pretty yeah, much yeah. so i you know I, I was very happy to have been able to spend the time with her and granted i will miss her you know granted she outlived all our other dogs she was the first dog we got dude and she outlived every other dog literally it's crazy the genetics on this dog was crazy i could not believe it like and it, it came to a point even as well too like near the ending so she had like a calcium deficiency near the ending of her life. My mom would just constantly like be like, you know, giving her like calcium medicine like two, three times a day. Like, mom, this isn't right. Like, you know, she's not eating, force feeding her baby food and shit. Like, I, I, I just don't. It, it, it's not like it's like, you know, granted. And I know she brought a lot of you know good memories, a lot of life to the party, but and I know a lot of people, you know, with nowadays, like, a lot of people do grieve the loss of their pets. Of course, yeah, bro. You have, That connection is so strong. I mean, it's just, especially for a lot of people, when they have, like, those horrible moments with, like, family or whatever else, it's like, that dog might have been the only, like, your saving grace or that one animal where, like, shit, light, the world's falling apart, but, hey, I got my dog right here or I got my animal right here. That makes a major difference. But I think uh, to tie everything up, I think my last question would be uh it's actually what Jan brought up earlier uh there's obviously no wrong answer to this but um like he had mentioned do you feel that it is better to uh 
have loved and then lost someone or to have never loved at all like just i whoever wants to answer first is okay well, I, but like, yes go first. yeah <laughs> yeah well without love what are we it's true it's very true you know uh this this goes almost down to morality and you know how we treat each other you know if you treat everyone you come across with love then you don't know anything but love that's how you treat everyone at the same time what do you know you wouldn't know well you would know every as well as you would know complete loss too if you loved everyone and everyone lost yeah i mean in in a way yeah um i more or less think that you know just going back to the root of the question i i i say that it's always better to love it's always better to love somebody you never know what somebody's going through you never know who that you know how much impact that your love that you show that person is going to have and how they'll you know spin that back on the world you show one person love it's a chain reaction because that person's day gets better and and i would rather show someone love and for my entire life and lose them than never have gotten the chance to express that love that i have Uh, because that's just a a wasted life a life without love is no life at all and um you know finding love in the hardest of places is really something that we all have to work on uh as a society and learning to love each other as brother and sister as white and black is whatever we are whatever labels we have for each other love trumps all so i yeah i'd rather love and lost and never had that opportunity at all to feel that love yeah for sure how about you alex i 100 percent agree with him i'll be honest because i feel like that connection and that bond that you share is what the love is really if you look at it in the grand scheme of things and to never have the opportunity i don't even really know if i could even imagine that or picture that really because it like he said without love what are we like you have to have some sort of peace and if you didn't have that the world would be a very chaotic place very chaotic it is it is because i feel like i only asked that because i've i've seen well i obviously don't know for sure but like i've seen that before from people who have claimed that who have like just not i mean just when you explain they explain their childhood and upbringing to you it's like okay i can i can see where you're coming from but it's just like um it's just like yeah that they, they have not experienced like the whole love aspect and they haven't had the opportunity to express it and they do feel like that whole chaotic feeling that's there but um it's like some of them it's just been mixed answers some of them are like you know maybe it's just maybe this i'm missing out on something and this is this thing i'm missing out on maybe isn't as great as people want it you know or that say it is and then if i do ever express it like uh because i haven't for so long if it am i putting too much into one person when that person leaves like now what happens to me at this point i mean i guess all just depends on what cycle you're on in your life and how what age you are this is just the stuff that they've told me so i just i've always got mixed answers on just the question if i can add one thing you know it sounds super cliche and kind of stupid but you you really do miss every shot you don't take um 
you, you, it, I, you know, I'd rather experience something and learn that I don't like it than to have never experienced that thing in the first place. Because how am I gonna, going to know if I like something or I don't without trying it first? You know, forming an opinion on something that you've never done or never tried, uh, it's pointless. Um, it, it, unless you've lived that scenario, you don't, you don't have the authority to speak on it. I need, like, the same, like, bit of convo saved when I did tell my mom to experience new foods. She just eats the same shiz all the time. I'm like, listen, bro, you gotta, you gotta, you can't say no to something you haven't try, tried yet. But no, I feel what you're saying, though. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree in that aspect, too. Yeah. I, I do agree. I really do, dude. With the whole aspect of trying things. If you're not going to try, how the fuck are you supposed to know? It's that simple, literally. Like, you, you see a lot of people out here who just don't want to have that open mind to try something new. And sometimes that can be very regretting. Fear. I think that a lot of that's controlled by fear, It too. is. Yeah. It yeah. is. But you have to be... Try love, yeah, yeah. But you have Absolutely. to be yeah. able to cross that barrier of yeah. fear. Yeah. And Stepping out the comfort to, zone. You know essentially move forward right. and adapt absolutely bro absolutely well yeah it's been a dope podcast guys. it has been <laughs> i really have loved this podcast very deep yeah i know uh it's obviously a uh very good week to be able to do this yeah uh podcast yeah. you know as again i do uh feel for those families uh who ended up uh losing their children that that's a fear for me if I ever have kids, like, to fucking send them off to school, that's a big fucking fear for me. Because I want my kids just to be able to learn and enjoy and have fun with their friends. Yeah, because you never think the last time you've seen your kids out is going to be a one-way trip. You're like, oh, shit, like, I'm supposed to pick them up. Do I not do that now? Like, it's just you're used to a routine at that point, too. Yeah, it's tough. It's got to be rough. Yeah, it's got to be rough. For sure. Well, hell yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Rian. Hell yeah. Thank Freaking, you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And I hope we could... Uh, you know, I'm glad we could talk about our experiences and, you know, talk about how we got through things because, you know, if, if it helped us, hopefully it helps someone else. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's what this is about for sure. Absolutely. Dope, guys. Well, for sure. Well, thank you, uh, Couch Talk audience, for joining us on another episode. Our 27th at this point. I 27. Believe, right? I can't believe it already, fucking dude. Moving, 27 bro. fucking episodes. Hell yeah. And still many, many more to come. Yeah. Bigger things coming, obviously, in the following years. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see where this all goes and you all being a part of this journey with us. Absolutely. We do truly appreciate you, fam. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah, we get snow this weekend? it ain't going to be too cold. Yeah. I think we do get snow this weekend. Oh, sure. I just want to say much love to everyone out there and spread the love, spread peace, spread joy, happiness. It's the most important thing in life. Yeah. I feel that, absolutely. I agree. He's right. He's right. We need more of that. So for sure. With all this yeah. bullshit we got going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. I guess by the time you guys see this, it'll probably be late weekend, early week. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. If not, your work week. And until next time, peace. Peace. Peace.